welcome to the Magic and Alchemy podcast, where we talk about witchcraft, setting intentions, forgotten folklore, and mythology. Created by Tamed Wild, magicandalchemy.com is a collection of stories, rituals, and articles crafted by a variety of creators and writers, including myself, Kate Ballou, and my co-host, Kristen Lizenby. Hello, and welcome back to the Magic and Alchemy podcast. I'm Kristen Lizenby. And I'm Kate Ballou. This is the first episode in our Witchy Business series, where we talk to women and witches who are running their own businesses and using intuition and ritual, alongside strategy and experience, to make their entrepreneurial dreams come true. And today we have with us the magical Maria the Arcane. Maria is a photographer and tarot reader on Instagram and other major social media platforms. Her pages are dedicated to educating witches about magic and tarot. She uses her photography to inspire witches to keep practicing, and she adds touches of magic to her photos that brings the unseen to life. Welcome, Maria. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we're so excited. And we're really excited to talk about infusing the everyday with magic in more ways. And so this series is something that Kristen and I have really been looking forward to. Maria, where are you beaming in from the world today? So I'm currently living in South Carolina. Unfortunately, it's not my favorite place that I've lived, but <laughs> but that's where I'm at. Amazing. <laughs> And then what are your big three in astrology for our listeners? So I'm in Aries Sun, a Sag Moon, and a Libra Rising. Love it. Thank you. (laughs) I'm pretty fond of them. So how are you looking forward to the upcoming Aries full moon then, being an Aries yourself? Oh, I'm really excited. I usually do really well for the moons as long as they're like in my big three. So um, I'm planning on doing like a bunch of confidence spells and like maybe even some work spells as well, because I find that energy, you know, emperor energy, like getting things done. And Mm -hmm. I like using that energy to, you know, further career growth and my, you know, up up the confidence level a little bit. Yeah, Aries moon seems perfect for that, like passion and mm-hmm. drive, and maybe I'll work with confidence too. That would be that'd be great. Mm-hmm. I love doing confidence spells; they're a lot of fun. <laughs> I was just gonna ask, like, what exactly? Like, do you have any advice for a confidence spell? Uh, I recommend using fire, um, like mm-hmm. so, like candle magic, or even like if it's it's really it's actually gotten really chilly here so like maybe even doing a fire pit and dress the fire pit in like different herbs that correspond with confidence like for me it's like roses and cinnamon mm. and you know like spicy herbs at least for me because <laughs> um yeah <laughs> burdock is coming up to like roots like rooted mm-hmm. too yes yes mm-hmm. i like those <laughs> 
But yeah, I think working with fire and especially, you know, using a red candle and I actually have a few confidence spells on my um, Instagram page. So I do highly recommend like checking those out. Perfect. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they're in my reels. So you can even see like the spell being put together. Cool. We'll link that in the show notes, listeners. So all this sounds like you are a witch with many hats, Maria. So can you tell us a little bit about your work and your practice? Oh, yes. Um, I am actually one of the voices on another podcast, Coffee and Cauldrons, with my best friend Robin Valentine. And we run a Patreon together as well, which is like full of helpful articles for people who are starting their witchy paths. And it also has an amazing Discord group that we mentor as mm-hmm. well. Um, I'm, a t- as I said earlier, I'm a tarot reader for clients for the past two years. And truly, it was just like a reason to read more tarot because it's so much fun and like brings me so much joy. So what I'm basically saying, that is an addiction and I love it too much. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm actually also in the process of writing a book that should be released this time next year that I'm super excited about. It's been a huge project of mine and it's been great, you know, like slowly seeing it come to life. Other than that, I'm also a photographer on the side, but nowadays I do it mostly for myself. Um, But yeah. I love your video work so much. Like, I think it's just so Mm -hmm. gorgeous, I have to say. And um, yeah, I mean, so you say that you kind of, the word witch resonates with you. And we've been having these kind of conversations with our guests about this word. And so I would love to hear a little bit about, um, you know, calling yourself a witch or what that Mm -hmm. word means to you. And if you ever had to come out of the broom closet or... Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been practicing witchcraft since I was 13, which I know is like very, very stereotypical. <laughs> but honestly, <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> I was doing witchy things long before that. I just did not have a name for it. Um mm. I've gone through like many phases and changes along the way. It's definitely not the same type of practice I was practicing when I was 13. And I mean, the day that I turned 30, I had this huge like aha moment. I wasn't the most confident teen or 20 something, but the like the morning that I turned 30, it was like the super magical moment that like I started living my life in the present and living it for me. And that like greatly influenced my practice in such a tremendous way that I started doing shadow work, which to me, um, it, I like, I started using my practice to my benefit. I started asking for things that I actually needed and not things that I wanted, you know, things that aren't necessarily good for you <laughs> that a lot of people do spell work for. So sure. um, ever since then, you know, I've experienced so much like personal growth and bursts of creativity to this particular stage in my magical journey. And, and like, The term witch, like, my friends call me, like, a mother witch. (laughs) I think that fits Mm. me pretty well. (laughs) I love magic, like, hearth witchery, kitchen witchery, and I practice traditional witchcraft. I love the idea of, like, creating a magical and protective home and performing practical and simple spell work and doing spells for a loved one. Uh, Being a witch has been like a huge source of empowerment for me. It's given me confidence and has even 
help me through not so great moments in life. I'm a chronically ill witch. And even though magic can't totally heal me physically, it has made life so much easier and happier because I've learned that being a witch is honoring yourself and your body and not fighting against it. Mm, that's beautiful. And I feel like there's something about that, like, turning 30 thing that that can, like, activate, like, coming out of your Saturn return and, like, mm-hmm. moving out of those earlier years to, like, being being more fully embodied. Like, I've heard from so many friends being, like, 30 was the best. Yeah, best age ever. And I'm I'm 28, so I'm like, yes, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I forgot about the whole broom closet thing. Um, I, like, I, other than my wife, like, I never fully came out to everyone, but I never hid it after coming out to my wife. Um, BuzzFeed did an mm-hmm. interview with me, so... If people know, they know. <laughs> Honestly, though, <laughs> anyone who visits our house can't be that surprised. I mean, there's threshold stuff out, herb containers everywhere, and, you know, all the books. <laughs> but I don't openly talk about it with some people because I'm a big believer in protecting my energy. I won't hide it, mm. but I'm also not going to let a random person know my business, family or not. But right, um, I came out to my wife about six years ago now and coming out to her was easier than I thought it would be. My wife is such was such a staunch atheist so I wasn't sure how she would react and uh, you know this was such an important part of my life and a private one that I didn't really share with anyone it was just for me but it turned out that she was so aggravated with me for not telling her sooner because she was 100% interested in like diving into it herself she was like this whole time we could have been exactly you know, practicing magic foraging yeah. for herbs frolicking through the forest and you're just telling me now exactly <laughs> <laughs> but yeah when did when did tarot become a part of all of this because I know that you mentioned that that was an important component of your craft uh yeah like I started to read tarot on and off when I was 13 but I don't know like especially in those beginning years I would I don't know if I would call it reading tarot because that back then I would re-pull cards until I got the answer I liked, which we know that's not exactly how it, wor- how it works. My 14-year-old self would be like, I could not believe that boyfriend of mine would not be a lasting relationship. <laughs> but in my later 20s, that's when I started like, um, I have a I have a huge tarot book collection, so I started, like, diving into those and reading as mm. much as I could and forming my own opinion, which I think uh, forming your own opinion is, like, such an important part of reading tarot. And it that took a lot of time to develop. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite out of your book collection? Oh, gosh, that's so hard. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. Ah, <laughs> uh, um... When I was first, like, starting to read for myself, I really liked um, Mary Greer's Tarot for You. Because mm. she kind of, like, opens the door for self-interpretation. Because it's a workbook. So you oh, get cool. to, like, yeah. you've It has, like, all these exercises and stuff. And it really, like, puts your own thoughts to the cards. Um, but I also like, oh my gosh, I haven't thought of this book in forever, but it's like uh, 76 Degrees of Tarot or 78. Oh, Rachel Pollock. Yeah. 
I yeah, love yeah, Rachel yeah, yeah. Pollock. Yeah. <laughs> that one was, that's a really good one too. And that's a holis- beautiful book. Yeah. And Holistic Tarot, like it's massive, but it's full of great information. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so a big question for you here, Maria, what is it like running a witchy business? Um, I love doing what I love, you know, sharing my art, reading tarot, teaching newer witches. I'm not great out of a lot of things, but I know what I can do and I do my best to do it well. And it's like great having the chance to do so. And I've met so amazing souls on my witchy business journey. It's been nice feeling like I have a community of these like amazing badass humans, Mm -hmm. though, like... My witchy business, I've been able to prioritize my practice more and take time to learn new things. You know, I have to learn new things. I have to keep up with things. And um, being able to work from home in my sacred space is such an amazing perk. Um, Mm -hmm. It isn't always easy, though. As much as I love it, there's like a tremendous amount of work and commitment. It is truly a balancing act for sure. Mm -hmm. It is really easy to overdo it and even like burn yourself out. I've had to set like strict boundaries with myself, but even with those boundaries in place, I've got to stay, you know, reliable with my schedule to keep everything up since what cheap businesses rely heavily on social media. So it's really easy to accidentally disappear. So keeping up my work up is like pivotal to my business. And what is it that inspires you and keeps you motivated to do this type of work? I just, I love photography. Um, and, you know, uh, my practice has always made me feel like super creative and passionate and that energy definitely poured over into my witchy business. Um, uh, before like joining witchy social media and like starting my business, I was doing mostly portraits that I wasn't like super passionate about. It always felt wrong. It didn't feel like it seemed to feed that creative drive I've always had. And one day Mm -hmm. I decided to like make an Instagram account just to share share photos of my craft. And it just took off from there. Like I didn't start my business until two years ago, but I've had my page for like three years. Um, But I, I know this probably sounds silly, but like my photography has really helped my craft even like has helped me be even more passionate about practicing witchcraft. I like I even use my photography sometimes to continue the energy of spell work I've done, which I rarely show on social media pages. But um but yeah, it's just every like my passions like interlace and I love it. I love that. That sounds really cool. Spell oh, work with cameras. I'm like I'm thinking about it now. I'm like my brain's mm-hmm. like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I'll um make another layer to the thing and I will write out like a write out something and set that layer to near invisible where it's there and it's just a way that you know involving my passions together. Mm. Yeah, you can do that on Instagram stories to like put um text or emojis behind stories that are mm-hmm. little spells and I think that that's fun. Just like oh, kind of I've never thought little, of that. That's fun. <laughs> digital notes. <laughs> <laughs> this post will be seen today. The algorithm won't eat up my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the sacrifice oh. to the algorithm demon. <laughs> <laughs> 
Exactly. (laughs) Do you have any like tips for our listeners though, like in starting a witchy business? Like what are some struggles and joys that stick out to you and what do you wish you knew when you were starting? So I think the biggest struggle, especially the one that I've struggled with, is the work and pay. Like most of us will work far more than what we will get paid. But Mm -hmm. this like stresses the importance of like charging what you're worth and even reassessing it from time to time. If you are like me and typing up a 10 page terror reading that takes you (laughs) two days to type up, you know, you need to charge for your time. Um, but you'll also need to be realistic going in though. I mean, my wife makes far more than me. Like, <laughs> um, we could survive on my pay, but it's definitely, it's not luxurious at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, also on the work and time spent doing it front, I urge show readers to not book many readings during the day, especially if you're having to type them up rather than on a call. Like you'll wear yourself out so easily and reading already uses up so much energy and looking at a screen for half a day typing up readings it can literally Mm -hmm. suck out your soul and will to live (laughs) (laughs) i'll always tell my wife i didn't start my witchy business to stare at a screen all day (laughs) Mm -hmm, and yeah and to find like to find clients on social media pages, I urge um, like a new business to find a social media um, app or whatever you actually like and stick with it. I've seen a lot of like witchy businesses fail when attempting to use like Instagram and take because taking photos is not everyone's cup of tea, which is understandable mm-hmm. because not everyone is creative in that certain way. And I mean, it is an unpaid job that takes a lot of time. You know, I don't get paid to like post to social media. And (laughs) if you are better at writing, like use Twitter or Tumblr. And if you like the use of short videos more, use TikTok or even the Reels function on Instagram. If you're more of a face-to-face person, look for festivals in your area or even ask local metaphysical shop if they have any openings. If you are happy doing what you're doing, that will come off on your like social media accounts. Um, you will find your people. Though I will admit, you know, social media isn't what it was a few years ago. I feel like mm-hmm. we're all being struggled to be seen lately, especially like witchy businesses because they do not like us. <laughs> But, and I think it's also important to go in that not every client will be the right fit and you won't be the right fit for every client. And you need to learn to say no, take criticism, learn from it, move on, which I know is a lot easier said than done. If you have a tarot business, not everyone will like how you read or even like your honest answers and try to push your boundaries. But like, don't worry though, if you're like on the fence for reading for others, if you're a good good reader, like bad reviews will rarely happen, if at all. All you can do is speak honestly and open, openly and give your insights to the cards as much as you can and set firm boundaries with your clients about what you will and will not do. But on mm-hmm. like a more positive front, like it's amazing doing what you love. And as long as you approach it in a balanced manner and set realistic expectations for yourself, you'll enjoy your work. Sorry, that was like a mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's all really great advice. (laughs) Thank you. Well, and I was going to ask you, but I feel like you kind of already answered it. But like how big of a role does intuition 
play in your business and your creative process and just being an entrepreneur in general, a witchy entrepreneur. Oh, like for tarot, you know, that is all intuition. Um, Of course. Yeah. And uh, it's just, I guess you could call it intuition. Like I'll just feel like this pull to like create and I'll like have a vision of what I want to create. And I love those moments because those are usually the posts that if I'm trying to get like the word out or something, those are the posts that will do well. If I'm listening to my intuition about what will and will not work. If I'm posting just a post on social media, that post is probably not going to do too well. Though I will say there's some posts I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, you know, this photo (laughs) took like, it was five minutes to take and edit is going to do terrible. And it like blows up and I'm like, oh, okay, sure. (laughs) Pleasantly surprised. Exactly. (laughs) Your Hocus Pocus TikTok cracked me up the other day. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That was one of those things that I like had a sudden idea for and I really wanted to do. And I love involving my family in it. So yeah, I could see the joy on all of your faces. I was like, that's incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my witchling looked like they weren't enjoying it, but I promise, I promise they were. (laughs) They love being involved in it in my like ghost TikToks and reels. They um they're the ones that are in the ghost sheet. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) And they love that. They're like, I get to be a ghost this week. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Who doesn't want to do that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's fun. I like involving my family. So (laughs) I actually had one other question for you, Maria. Okay. I was thinking about it when we were talking. So Mm. Um, I know... I know that in addition to photography and content creation, you also have a podcast, which you mentioned, um, mm-hmm. Coffee and Cauldrons, yeah. where you talk about the upcoming lunar phases and how we might use them in our magical practice. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if you might share how people can use the moon's influence other than, say, like a big full moon or dark moon ritual. Are there some smaller daily acts that you love? Oh, yeah, like, definitely. Um, For the, like, new moon and, like, well, dark moon, I like to, that's a day that I spend, like, cleaning my house and, you know, like, mindfully removing, like, because when your house is, like, cluttered and, like, messy, you know, it creates, like, stagnant energy. And the great time Mm -hmm. to get rid of that stagnant energy is during the dark moon because you're sending all that, you know, stagnant energy into the void. So I'll, like smoke cleanse that day it's like super simple and then uh, for like the new moon for me like I will mindfully like set an intention in my journal if I don't have time for like a full ritual or something just like a simple what do I want to accomplish like this um this moon um cycle but and then for let's say the full moon like, I like to take a ritual bath. Like, it's super, like you don't even have to, to like, mm-hmm. do anything, like, crazy. Like, if you just wanted, like, Epsom salt and, you know, just enjoy the moon. Or even do moon bathing where, you, like, you stand in a room, like, 
you know, <laughs> sky clad <laughs> and you let the moon wash over you. <laughs> it's the best. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or you could do it outside if you're like in the woods. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> I think my neighbors would be like, what is, what is she doing? <laughs> <laughs> but I like to do that for like, um, as a, you know, a beauty ritual and also like to reground myself and to draw in that moon's energy. Um, but yeah, like I love working with the moon, um, but, and working with the sun as well, but working with the moon like holds a special, you know, a special thing in my heart. (laughs) Definitely. And, you know, Kate and I often talk about archetypes, like the maiden, the mother, the crone, Mm -hmm. specific deities, or even conceptually, like you mentioned the void, Mm -hmm. um, or the bardo, which Kate loves, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and how we interact with them in our practice. And I'm just curious if you also work with archetypes when it comes to your business or your creative process. Um, well, I do try to like, you know, for the new moon, the new moon's like the maiden. That's when like new ideas like are coming to, um, fruition, not fruition, but where you're setting new intentions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. when I start thinking about what I want to do for work. Um, what do I want to accomplish for work that, this month? And then I, during the period between the new moon and the full moon, um, the mother, I'm putting that real world, real world energy out there and like getting stuff done. And then I might do a bigger, large, like a larger spell for my business on the full moon. Um, just to continue the success that I've achieved or even like to be like, okay, this is going and I want it to be successful. And, you know, the full moon's a great time to do that. And then for the dark moon, releasing business stuff that hasn't served me. Like maybe I'm working too much. Maybe I'm um, being defeatist or anything. That's the time that I would do shadow work using the crone energy to find wisdom in the situations that did not work out. Hopefully that makes sense. (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And even with the tarot, I mean, there's so many archetypes in there as well that I'm sure you work with because tarot is so close to you and close Mm -hmm. to your craft. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's see. So for the full moon, I would work with the empress. And then mm-hmm. for the dark moon, I actually work with the hermit. And um, I love the hermit. Yeah. Like hermit is like crone energy. I love yes. it. Um, but see, sometimes it's different. Sometimes I do work with the empress for like the new moon. But uh, and then do the high priestess, um, do the high priestess for the full moon. It just, it depends on what I'm working on. Cause I feel like, you know, the empress can also represent the maiden in some ways, but then also the mother depending. Cause you know, she wants your intentions to come sure. to, you know, mm-hmm. to, to get fulfilled. Like you would go to the empress and be like, I want this to work out, please. <laughs> <laughs> But, and, you know, just harnessing the high priestess during the full moon, I mean, there's nothing more magical. (laughs) And, you know, just finding the wisdom in the full moon and being, you know, your magical self, your full magical self. Hopefully that made sense. (laughs) I apologize. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) 
So Maria, this episode will air a couple of weeks after Samhain, um, but before Yule. So do you have any witchery planned for this time of year or any insights about Yule for our listeners? So I love Yule. Um, My family and I decorate super early and go all out. The season for me is all about staying cozy, family togetherness, uh, and focusing things on things like shadow work because, you know, it is the chrome part of the year. It is when, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the nights are so much longer. But I perform a whole lot of kitchen witchery during this time. There's just something about adding ingredients with intention when you are making comfort food. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And plus, you know... Our energy naturally kind of lowers during the season, so kitchen witchery makes it easy to keep up with that connection to our craft. I also, as I said, it's super important that with the longer nights that we allow ourselves to slow down and turn inwards, you know, thanks to things like capitalism, winter has become a season of constant movement and getting things done. Um, But our bodies and minds want the exact opposite of that. And I'm a big fan of using the word no during the winter season. I refuse to be, you know, refuse to be out of my mind busy with like extended family or even work and allowing myself to slow down and focus on things like shadow work. Um, Since, you know, the longer nights are shadow do come out more, which is our negative emotions or even deep emotions we keep bottled up. So, like, I recommend journaling more during this time, book some extra time with your therapist, take more ritual baths, (laughs) and, you know, Mm -hmm. pay attention to how you are feeling. If you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I am just exhausted. I don't want to, like, go out and do anything. And, you know, sometimes you have to be like, well, I got to go out and do stuff. But (laughs) sometimes you need to listen to that voice and just, like, you know, have a night in with, like, be all cozy, like, with a blanket and a book or even, like, do some shadow work. Mm. Yeah, we recorded an episode on boundaries, like, a couple episodes ago. And we were talking about how no is a complete sentence and a spell. So it's... Yes, <laughs> exactly. Absolutely true. So Maria, where can people find you um, and connect with you and keep up to date on all of your magic? So I am at Maria the Arcane on Instagram, Twitter, and also on TikTok. I am, I'm not that <laughs> active on Twitter, but sometimes I'll put some funny stuff out there. It's not really like <laughs> serious on there, but um, but yeah, those are my major social media platforms. And I also have a website that is www.magicmaria.com. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Maria. And thank you also to all of our listeners for joining us today on Magic and Alchemy, a podcast from Tamed Wild. Again, we're Kristen Lizenby and Kate Ballou. You can find us online at Easton Alchemy and at K8Ballou. Send us all of your questions, comments, or just say hello via email at podcast at tamedwild.com. You can view all the amazing offerings from Tamed Wild on their Instagram at Tamed Wild or on the blog magicandalchemy.com. Tune in to next week's episode where our witchy business series continues. And just a reminder that magic and alchemy are always available to those who know where to look for it. So mote it be or something better. Until next time. <laughs>